0: Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. My name is Dylan Murphy. With me always is my co-host, John Gillen. John, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. Your voice sounds as sexy as ever, man. Sweet and Hi. smooth. Thanks very much. It's that sweet, sweet ginger tea, which is not sweet, sweet at all. Um, Good for you. I'm, I'm deciding to hype myself up, so we'll see how the podcast goes, because I've got a giant mug of coffee. That's it, talking about hot
0: beverages and hot licks um of, oh God um, oh. Uh, oh God we were doing so well, um so John, as always, we will get started this week with uh, our wick of the leak and wick of the leak, of the leak. <laughs> and uh, whatever it is, that thing yeah. that we do that leaky wick um so uh yeah, it should be there ready ready when you are. and uh, no clues i I, I want to see if you can get this because. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain later, but you probably will be able to.
1: Ooh, I don't know. I, <laughs> pressure's on now. So. It is now. Oh, dude, okay. Let me just get it here. Loaded, loading. Apparently my computer's having a difficult time. So. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Shame on me. This is, this is like pre-show prep that uh, <clears throat> somebody didn't do. Somebody being me, honestly. But... Okay, here we go. Loading. What? Gosh, um, (laughs) I think you got me on this one, dude. I seriously cannot, um, I can't place it. It has a bit of that seventies vibe to it, but I think, I I think the production is, uh, is much more like much more modern sounding. So I I don't know. Um, is it, is it mountain? Is it Leslie West? (laughs) It's not, it's not mountain. (laughs) How do you know about
0: my secret love of mountain? No, uh, it is not mountain. I I
1: have a secret love for Leslie West. So beware someday. Mountain never really traveled over here
0: and um, no, that is beating around the bush by acdc from highway to hell Outland. oh yeah i remember yeah that's we don't, for we shame oh that. that's it yeah i know it's all right. It's kept the shame although yeah the, to be honest i really like it because it doesn't really sound like an acdc riff apart from like maybe the right. bridge down in back back and black they don't really have that kind of fast um, kind of picking riffs It's mostly like All the fast stuff Is usually like chordal Kind of yeah. like a rock Or something like that <clears throat> And I remember Like just hearing that I was just like It's got such a it, it grooves But it's also Quite You know For a, a riff based rock song It's it's quite fast It's quite technical um, And I think that is A combination of The way that the Phil Rudd's drumming And Angus's Rhythm playing just um, just just kind of, just really, really works. Um, so yeah, I love Highway to Hell. I think it's one of the best guitar albums out there ever, um, that and Back in Black. Um, and of course, whatever that soundtrack for the film Maximum Overdrive that they did was. Um, <laughs> um,
1: John, are, we haven't yeah. spoken about ACDC
0: or Angus Young here. Do you have thoughts, feelings?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, and this is, I think this, it really is a great riff. And so, but I think I was, I was just kind of much more in the mind it it has a big chunk of that sort of almost like southern rock blues vibe to it. Yeah. Which is super much. cool. Um and that's more where my mind went. That's why I was like, mountain? I don't know. Platinum <laughs> <laughs> fifth equals what? Uh yeah. Yeah. Um no, it's it's super so one the riff. Like that's just it's it just has that massive vibe to it. You can hear <laughs> you can hear straight away, somebody's, whoever it is, they're playing through a Marshall and a Gibson. Like, you yeah. can pick yeah, that yeah. up straight away. But um, I think when you're looking at Angus, in some ways, I think ACDC has kind of gotten a bad rap with some players just because they do the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. but they do it really well. <laughs> so, yeah. fair play to him, right? And the other thing I think is... <laughs> To me, Angus is kind of representative of like, hey, this is what I like to do. And this is how I do it. And that's what he's focused on. Yeah. I don't, I don't think somebody today necessarily could do exactly the same thing because it's been done. But just that, that sense of instead of trying to be somebody else, you know, find your own voice and really just nail it. And yeah. I, think, I think ACDC did that. But it's a combination of all of them coming together. Like any great band, I I think if you just had Angus or just Angus and Malcolm, you don't end up with the same thing. You needed that Bon Scott, just like, rah. Um, And then just the the drummers, uh, or the the drummer, I'm sorry, what was his name again? Phil Rudd. Phil Rudd, right, right, right. You
0: definitely didn't hire a guy to kill another guy. Don't look it up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right yeah so it's he is one of the best drummers ever like he just
1: did two and four but he did it so well mm. like it's right well and that's just it like he's got his his timing's impeccable this is in the days before everybody played with a click on stage yeah it just absolutely you watch some of their live stuff it's absolutely fantastic so i, I have a tremendous amount of respect for acdc cool. and what they did even though if it wouldn't necessarily be something that I'd pick a lot of licks from to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. I've taught a lot of ACDC, obviously, because, yeah. because of Iron Man, most recently. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: so I I played it, like, I went through it, this is, because I was like, I'll pick an ACDC riff for this, and I went through this Spotify playlist, and it was, uh, like, a load of the songs were from the, you know the AC. Uh, uh, what was the Iron Man Two soundtrack? You know, it's just like "Shoot to Thrill" from the Iron Man Two. I'm like, no, that's from Black and Black. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best things as well about ACDC for people starting out is that you do not need a lot of pedals. You, no. Like, there are like there is um like there's no effects on anything. It's all feel and just mm-hmm. straight in, and not even that much gain either. Like there's just the right amount it's just it's just done really really well um i i I really do like that basics approach which you you know you you don't find that often these days um cool so john because we don't have any gears to talk about this week because we blew our load last week (laughs) (laughs) on um, nam um you had an idea for a topic which you are going to discuss now
1: Yeah, well, I think part of this, and this is sort of, you guys get to hear our development process here, but we're kind of thinking what we, we should also be talking about guitar news. We've done it before where we've talked about kind of the death of Gibson and all that stuff. But I think making, making something where we're talking about the regular news that's out there, because there's a lot of stuff happening, whether it's gear news or whether it's. Musicians or controversies or whatever and when I say controversies, it's mostly music controversies that we're dealing with here. So, but um, The The one that kind of caught my eye recently was Rick Beato a few days ago Released a video about the future of shred now. It was kind of weird It kind of clickbaity of course because he's got a picture of Eddie Van Halen on there. So (laughs) it's kind of counterintuitive, but his point was essentially Eddie Van Halen came out, and for our listeners who are old enough to remember first hearing Eddie Van Halen and not having any idea what was going on, it was absolutely mind-blowing. It changed a generation of guitar players. It inspired, you know, Paul Gilbert and people like Nuno Betancourt and all those younger guys kind of coming up afterwards, and to a certain extent, even people like Joe Satriani and Steve Vai, who really made that whole shred guitar thing what it was and he goes on to explain though that it wasn't grunge that killed the guitar solo and I think anybody that spent any time listening to like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden can see that's very clear and even even Nirvana always had guitar solos they were not complicated guitar solos but they were they were always there like in nearly every song and that's something a lot of people forget. So he explains this and then kind of goes on to say a little bit more about the, the death of the guitar solo coming from new metal, where instead you, bands like Limp Bizkit and Corn and, and, and all of that, and then even sort of later bands like Disturbed, you end up with a breakdown and not really a guitar solo and the breakdown doesn't last very long it's usually maybe four bars eight bars or something like that and then you're back into something and so he sees this as really the death of the guitar solo in the the early 2000s and then states that this idea of shred guitar and guitar solos has kind of been relegated to the side it's sort of a sideshow in the circus of music and not a whole lot of people are paying attention to it now and so it's kind of he admits that essentially YouTube is what has propelled a lot of these guys forward. Like Guthrie Govan, like Mm -hmm. almost nobody knew who he was. He'd been around for a good while and played with a few, a handful of people, but he's not super, he is well known at this point, I guess, but he was not at the time. It was YouTube that really launched him. The funny thing is, is like Guthrie doesn't even have his own channel. So he hasn't even figured out how to market himself in, in this new space. He's a bit of an oddity in that capacity because it's,
0: it's just like, he is not a brand. So many mm. other guitar players are brands. Eddie Van Halen is a walking brand of a guitar. Like, you know, with all the Bonamassa, John Mayer, yeah, like exactly, all of it, you know, yeah. um, but, Guthrie just seems to be that guy who would need like a a floor to sleep on and a guitar. Like he does not seem, By
1: all accounts he is. Um, I had a teacher here who said she, she's good friends with his bass player and she's met Guthrie on a handful of occasions. And every time they come through Denver and that sort of thing. And um, she said essentially that the, you you, and Maddie have a mug that says, <laughs> what, what does it say? It looks like I'm listening to you, but in my head, I'm playing guitar. Yeah. 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 yeah so, but that is Guthrie Govan, like all the time. That's yeah. his, his brain is there all the time. Everything else does not matter. It's just guitar, all guitar, all the time. Cannot really carry on a conversation with normal human beings like, <laughs> he's he's spaced out somewhere and thinking about his guitar which good for him i mean he makes great music doing that and maybe some of us wish we could do that as well i'm not sure i do part of me does but not really
0: yeah it's an interesting thing because he makes everything look relatively effortless because oh of it, gosh but, you know how much time has he put into that you know um I, yeah when it comes to like the guitar hero, as you know, this idol that you look up to. I mean, like a, a lot of the people that I consider to be modern day guitar heroes have been around and have been mm-hmm. like you know, established for like at least the last 10 years. And um, I yeah. think I first heard Guthrie about 10 years ago or something like that. Yeah, um, he kind of popped up around 2007. So, yeah, so I think it was like I heard waves or something, or there was a feature on him. And yeah, it's, it's, but uh, how about you? Can you think of any? I mean, like you and Maddie are into bands like uh, Periphery and not Polyphia. Polyphia are the bad one. Uh, well, they're not. They're not. Sorry, Polyphia. We'll because... see.
1: I, I've, I'll talk about Polyphia later. And what have we been listening to? So. Oh right, great. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, but no, no, no. You're 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 absolutely right. So one of it is the, the whole branding thing. Uh, but he beato went on to kind of talk about these guys and and. He's been one of the people that sort of espoused the death of rock and the death of guitar and these sorts of things and kind of bemoaned it. And this is coming from a guitar player and a record producer and a songwriter. Guy knows what he's talking about. So I have nothing but respect for him. I'm, I'm not denigrating anything he has to say. I do think I disagree with the death of guitar, but we have to rethink the business model is probably mm-hmm. how I would succinctly put that. But what he kind of gets to is, yeah, you do have a lot of these modern day virtuosos that are coming out um, on the heels of that last generation, like Steve Vai, John Petrucci. Almost all those guys will point to John Petrucci, Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, and Eddie Van Halen, Paul Gilbert as inspirations that are now doing something else. So Tosin Abasi from Animals as Leaders, you've got Misha Mansoor, Mark Holcomb from periphery you've got um yeah even the guys from Polyphia would have at one time admitted to doing playing a lot of dream theater type stuff but it's not it's not on the level that say van halen was but Music really, I don't think, is on that level. And, and rock really isn't on that level. And that's where I think the debate about is rock guitar dead comes from. Because the only people that sell out arenas are not rock bands anymore. They're country. Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah and, and country. Now, and don't get me wrong, there's monster players. and We've talked about this before in country. But you're, you don't have a Van Halen-style band selling things out. So I think it, his point was essentially... These bands exist, these guys exist, but they don't have the same visible profile. And to a certain extent, YouTube has changed the way we look at them. Whereas in 1978, when you put on a record with Eddie Van Halen and you get to Eruption and he's going through those tapping arpeggios, what is that? Most, Most people had no idea what was going on. There were a handful of people who did, but most of them would have been in the jazz world. that's a whole other topic about tapping technique, but um, you wouldn't have seen, you wouldn't have seen that. And it just blew people's minds. You know, it's like, didn't even know this was possible. So now you can look at something on YouTube and I I think one, it expedites how things, how technique explodes. And and when people are looking, think about the two handed technique. So we've had Yvette young on the show. She does that a lot. Two handed uh, tapping where she's, Using multiple fingers and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot going on there, and but to make things work financially, bands like Periphery, even though they have kind of that high profile thing, they're not making as much money as like Van Halen would be. Misha Mansoor says he makes most of his money from not from touring even, but mostly from his endorsement deals. Yeah. So.
0: I mean yeah, so
1: come. I think I think Beato's point is essentially like it's uh, the guitar is not functioning at the same level it was. It doesn't get the same attention, and in particular, the guitar virtuoso does not, like Eddie Van Halen did. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Uh, Ooh, okay. So drawing on something that I feel
0: is, uh, you know, a past guitar hero that has evolved, you know, wants to still be um, relevant in the modern music scene and it going very, very badly, uh, in my opinion, and I love him to death, but I don't know if you've been on the internet the last two weeks and you've seen the latest new singles from not Rage Against the Machine or Prophets of Rage or um, The Night Watchman, but Tom Morello's solo stuff. No. Oh, good God, John. Um, he has... he has. I don't know if you remember about three or four years ago when Korn released an EDM album, but it's like it's basically Camarello rips like uh, through a lot of filters and loops mm. and, and it's him in the video like it's under his name with rappers like Vic Mensa just like rapping over it and he's just basically clinging to relevancy like really just trying to prove and you know it's just so lame because that the energy of that what we made that so explosive back in 92 and um, you know and granted the yeah. audio side solos, there are some really good really good bits in there but it's you know it's it's not cool anymore and it's it's just that you know that is uh, you can't cling too far into the past into what was cool or mm-hmm. what was relevant or interesting because it's just going to end up like tom morello's new solo
1: stuff which is really oh, that sounds cringeworthy um, man
0: but yeah it's it's just you know it's it's that's what it is it's hard to predict where it will go but the thing is like as we'll talk about we have excellent guitarist Philip Joyce on uh, as our interview today <clears throat> we you know he said that people, modern guitarists are at a massive advantage because of YouTube because mm-hmm. You know, he grew up with, you know, his. I think he said his guitar teacher had a few, um, you know, instructional videos or whatever that he was able to borrow. But, you know, we have every instructional video ever created now on YouTube. Like, the the, the talent is going to be good. Right. But what you mentioned before the show, we'll we'll, we'll we'll move on soon, was that Van Halen, in their heyday, kind of like Led Zeppelin and Queen, were a pop band. At the yeah. End of the day.
1: They wrote pop so, songs. I, I wonder, though, I mean, does that mean... Like I said, is is it more that we need to rethink the business model on how guitar works? But certainly as a guitar player who's put a lot of time into learning guitar, I don't want to be, I I think it's too pessimistic to say guitar is over and there's never any way to make money playing guitar. Like I don't, I don't want that to be the case. And uh, I mean, do you feel the same way?
0: I I don't know. I think it kind of comes down to what the public want, you know, Mm. which is, you know, is is a scary thought um, because of what what is, you know, could be considered their lowest common denominator. But I think as a business model, I don't know. See, the thing is like, as well, I was speaking with a friend who, um, she's a fiddle player and she's like, she's like, you will never have a shortage of people who want to learn guitar over every other instrument. Yeah. You know, because like as a guitar teacher or whatever, there's mm-hmm. always going to be, you know, it's a people are always going to want to learn guitar because, you know, people like pop, every pop song, you know, most pop songs can be played on guitar. You can't bust out a a, a melody instrument or something like that. So there's that, that appeal is going to be there for at least another while. But I don't know, it's, it's really hard to tell because technology has improved so much, even in stuff we were saying with Nam in the last week. Yeah. Um, everything is just is changing we're at some at such a quicker speed than it was before and yeah i don't know john
1: interesting yeah it's it's weird to think about too um and you have to wonder how much how much spectacle because of because youtube is a sort of about spectacle right you know whether it's andy james or any of the other players like guthrie govan that sort of managed to make their name on YouTube videos and people going, holy cow, what is this person doing? That's amazing. Just playing to a backing track as, uh, as Rick Beato points out like that, that's how they got their start. But at some point, my guess is the public's going to be like, okay, this is just wankery, you know, guys just yeah. shredding guitar. And, and you see a little bit of that backlash anytime you get on a forum and someone's like, oh yeah, you know, even, even somebody like Guthrie Govan, they they look at him and go, oh yeah, well it's, he just wank and there's no feel and which is code for, I have no idea what he's doing and he's way better than me. So I'm just not gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be bothered. I wonder I, if, uh,
0: go ahead. I was just going to finish like, uh, when it comes to that, like in terms of for, say for the last 20 years or let's say 15, maybe who has been your
1: favorite guitar player to um, um, emerge? Maybe Koban Abasi? Um, one of them Mark Holcomb, would be one of the others just for example, but that said, um yeah, I mean there's you you turned me on to delicate Steve, and I really love his guitar work, so but that's yeah, that's sort of outside of my typical listening purview, I would say so yeah i i i i know it's it's a hard one to tell because
0: you know there's so you're exposed to so many more genres now as well, right, yeah. Oh, um, it's a tough one to call, John. It's a tough one to call. Do we come to a conclusion?
1: I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either. Is the guitar dead?
0: Sweet, sweet content. Um, (laughs) That's what we'll call it. uh, The hits will come in.
1: There you go. So, anyway, uh, our guest today. Do you want to go ahead and introduce him and give give the rundown? How did you find out about him? All those all those sorts of things.
0: All those sorts of questions. So Philip Joyce, as is probably mentioned in our uh, podcast title, uh, is kind of a, now a legendary figure on the Irish guitar scene. And... Um, He's been playing guitar for, I think, I noticed him in the last maybe five years, five or six years. Uh, He, you know, when the Guitar Starland channel started, he was one of the the main figureheads of it. Um, I saw him just, I think I just saw him from playing around Galway, playing in different cover bands and uh, just kind of rocking my socks off. I remember there was one of my favorite uh, local bands. He just sat in once and just knew all the songs. I'm like, this guy just how, how does he do, how does he know all the songs already? Um, oh, so yeah, uh, really really great guy. Such a such a friendly dude as well. Uh, he was when I reached out to him about appearing. He was super super enthusiastic about it and he digs the pot And that's that's Yay. great. um so yeah. Uh, Hello, new friends who are listening just because of Philip Joyce. Uh, happy to have you aboard. Please subscribe um, and <laughs> like the Facebook page. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the chat. Um, maybe we'll talk a little bit afterwards about uh, what we got into. But here is our conversation with Philip Joyce.
1: All right, we're recording.
2: Awesome. Cool. Um, welcome, everybody. We have, uh, we have Philip Joyce on. Philip, welcome. Hello. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm absolutely honoured to be here. I'm, I'm chuffed to bits to be, I haven't been asked to, to be on the show, so I'm very, oh, very pleasure. happy to be here. is all ours, Phil. Um, so I suppose, uh, for people that don't know you,
0: um, I uh, we have a group in Ireland, a guitarist group called Guitarist Ireland, very original. And uh, that started up, I'd say, what is it, maybe four or five years ago, maybe a little it's,
2: bit. It's actually a lot longer than that, it's about eight, I think, eight
0: or nine oh, wow. now. Uh, so I suppose I got to know your work through that and uh, the kind of stuff you do. I also saw you, Depp, with a few uh, bands around Galway, like Converse All-Stars. and Oh, sure. Know, filling in um, a few mates of mine. And uh, I just kind of started popping up everywhere. And then I found your YouTube channel. And uh, I thought that was great because you see a lot of um, US and
2: UK guitarists doing the whole YouTube thing. But not a lot of Irish people do it. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there's not there's not as many as I'd like to see, and I'm I'm not as active on it as I probably should be. But uh, it, as as you guys well know, uh, to keep an active social media presence, it it requires a lot of time and dedication. And when yeah. you're <laughs> when you're <laughs> when, when you're driving, you know, all around the country for gigs and stuff, it's like trying to get get a couple hours to sit down and film something. Sometimes can be a bit tricky. So I try and do you know bits and pieces here and there, but it's 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 tough to keep on top of. I uh, I'd love to have the time that I see some of the, you know, the real, the, the serious YouTube guys have, but they, they've got like employees now. They've got people editing their videos and lighting their videos. And, you know, it's a full-time job for some people. So unfortunately for me, well, not unfortunately, but it's, it's very much still like, it's just a little side thing. I, I enjoy making videos. I enjoy playing with gear and, you know, doing the odd little lesson or something like that. So it's, it's very much a side thing for me. I, I, I can't see myself having the time to, spend a, a huge you know you know amount more doing the youtube thing but it's it's nice to just keep keep a little a little presence in there a little foot in the water so to speak absolutely yeah we're trying we can't even do twitter man stuff <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
1: i can't
2: i can't either i just link everything off my facebook or oh that's the way to do it oh, anything i have on twitter is just come from somewhere else anyway so
0: absolutely so um phil you just got off a tour um you were, you were playing with was it shane Filing?
2: shane Filing, yeah um we did. Uh, we've done a total of about, I. It's about eight weeks total now in the last twelve months. So starting last September, we did a five and a half week run. That was the leg one of his uh, Love Always album tour, and that was twenty five shows. Twenty three of those in the UK and twenty, and then two here in Ireland. Uh, and then we did another two and a half weeks there, just back in, I think it was the end of April. Uh, that was another, I think it was fourteen dates over over about two weeks. You know, a couple of days off here and there. Um, they were all in the UK and then we did four support slots for Lionel Richie. Uh he had a, a UK tour. So we got we got to do four of those. So that was a lot of fun. So yeah, Amazing. so we have we, done we've done quite a bit over the last twelve months. It's been nice. I've done a few we've done a few other little bits and pieces, you know, radio slots and stuff like that, but that's the bulk of the of the things I've been doing with Shane. So I'm and, kinda curious uh, there.
1: Uh yeah, so, sure. like you uh, I presume I came across a bunch of stuff on YouTube of you, whatever the Galway Guitar Night or things like that, playing like yeah. Steve Vai and <laughs> yeah. and Van Halen. How does how does that transition into working with a former singer from Westlife? Like how does yeah, that well, it's,
2: it's it's you know what? It's 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 probably it's the usual story of uh, how a lot of people get in gigs. I knew a guy who knew a guy, you know. Um, yeah the drummer the drummer in, in Shane's band is a, is a good friend of mine lives here in Galway shout out to Rory uh and uh Shane Shane basically tasked him with putting a band together and Shane had always had in, um british like uk based session bands before but he wanted to have an irish band he'd never that's had one cool. before so that's super yeah. cool yeah it was nice it was and it was just it was more so you know Shane's uh you know getting older now he's got kids and and uh you know, going out on tour for him is very much kind of fun. You know, it's it's like a. Whereas before with Westlife, it was it was just relentless. You know, yeah. gig after gig. They didn't know their band. You know, they never knew their band. They didn't know who was in the band. But now Shane's much more hands on. You know, that the tours are a little bit smaller. It's much more personal for him. He wants to have a band. You know, he wants to spend time in the tour bus with guys he gets on with and can enjoy a couple of drinks after the show or whatever. And <laughs> and you know. Get get the humor, you know. I, um, Irish humor is a particular thing, and it's like <laughs> I, just, I was I thinking, guys. I yeah, I, I
1: I think we might have to have like a lexicon after this because you guys have already thrown about five slang terms. That uh, I think be, the, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't
2: even. You we don't probably mean. don't even realize. Yeah, I know.
1: Sorry,
2: John. But you, John, you you've been living in Ireland, so you kind of.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm not currently, up, but uh, yeah, I yeah. do no, no. Um, I picked yeah, up a I'm lot sure of you've it, been like called a, lang- a langer enough times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, having lived in Cork, I think that's
2: that's kind of a <laughs> given, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, so that was kind of the, the impetus for Shane to have a, an Irish band this time around. So like, just people, guys, he could get on with, have the crack with, you know, uh, drink a few, drink a few pints, and it was going to be kind of a, a bit more of a a, friend, a bit more of a band vibe than he would have had previously, you know. So. That's kind of how it came about, and like I said, Rory is a friend of Shane's for peace from Sligo. He lives in Galway, and he was kind of tasked with putting the band together. So he asked me, "Would I be interested?" And I was like, "Absolutely!" You know, chance to get a get a proper like tour tour bus, yeah. you know, yeah. big big nice theaters and various kind of things. It was like absolutely, hundred percent want to do it. You know, that's so. crazy, unreal. And you brought the the helix out on the road with it. I did. Well, I didn't have it on the first run because uh, the first um, the first leg of the tour was kind of. Uh, somewhat rushed, so I kind of had to scrabble together gear that I had. I didn't have. I had the I had the Helix rack, um, which which uh, I used with Blue Moose. My the other my main my main job, we'll say. Um, but I didn't want to dismantle that rig and bring it to England, so I just yes. cobbled together kind of a board of separates and a, and a combo and just threw that on in a, in a into the truck. But the second leg and the line Richie shows, I had the Helix LT, so I was able to just put that on a board with my wireless packs and uh, just lit off, ready to go, like, in, in five minutes. So it's very, very handy for that. I was watching your demo on that. You, do, you had a really, a really nice, kind of concise, comprehensive demo on,
0: uh, on the Helix, and it, I really understood a lot more of what it does now. It's, it it's, well, like...
2: it's, it, it's a great unit, and it's very easy to, to navigate. It's very easy to use. You know, a lot of stuff's very self-explanatory. Like, you really could open the box of this and just get straight into it without reading a manual or anything. Like, a lot of it's just very self you know explanatory how to do
1: things so it's a great unit yeah we've we've talked a little bit about like the helix versus the axe effects versus a kemper and was that kind of the selling point for you was just the fact that out Um, of the box it's super user friendly
2: uh there's a few factors in it i've used i've used a lot of line six gear over the years um i've i've had I had one of the original Flexstone amps. Oh yeah! I gave, I gave for a, quite a while. Yeah, it was a 300 watt head and cab. <laughs> I used the, I used the line the pod the pod Pro rack, mm-hmm. uh, which I used for another bunch of years. I had the XT Live. After that, I had the HD 500. I've wow. had all I've had all of the, I've had all of the pedal modellers. the DL4, the MM4? Yeah. Uh, I've I've have an M5. You know, I just I've had a lot of line six gear over the years. Cause it's very useful and it's very easy to use and it's quite, you know, good to get quick sounds out. I right, look at this. I even have the pocket pod for the what? bag <laughs> for that. That's for, that's for the dressing room when you're warming up. Um, You know, I'm just, I'm very familiar with line six gear. And uh, so like I wanted to, the thing was that the, the, the Helix when it came out, it was going to solve a lot of, of, of issues that I had in that I was using the HD 500 previously, but using, um, I was using a, a, a an analog Mesa preamp and power amp setup. So my my preamp was in the effects loop on the HD500 but you couldn't you were kind of limited as to where you could move things around in the signal chain. Okay. Whereas with the Helix it's just it's infinite what you can do. You can shape your your signal path whatever way you want. You can put things before preamps, after preamps, you can have multiple effects loops going on. Uh, and yeah. like like it it can change the channels on my preamp via MIDI and all those kind of things So it's just it's a such a clean setup now like the way I have it running So it, that was the big thing in that I was familiar with line gear It had all of these functions that I was like that's gonna really help tidy up my whole setup and uh, And and, the other, and I suppose the other thing is it's a little bit more affordable than an axe effects. I mean an axe effects is what two grand plus? I think for for just
1: the the rack unit. Yeah, and the new you, one I think goes for about twenty five hundred dollars.
2: Yeah, and then you got to get the foot controller or some kind of MIDI foot controller as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like the the the, the Helix rack and the Helix controller could, together was still coming in under kind of two grand, which which I was like, right, well, I can I can. Yeah, you can justify I can, that. I can afford that. I can justify that exactly. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, when the, the LT came out, I was like, well, I can have that as a backup, and that's sub a thousand. So I was like, that's. That's that's great, you know. That's that's a really job good job done. Uh, yeah. So I'm just, I, like I said, I'm kind of, I'm am somewhat biased because I'm so familiar with line six stuff, and uh, it, I knew it would be quick and easy for me to transition from the HC Five Hundred to the Helix. She's great. I I love the um in the
0: the demo. Like half of the comments are basically like, "God, oh, this sounds great! Look at those tones!" And then the other half are like, "White socks and sandals, really?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like an aerial yeah, view of the. Bench. I
2: made a huge I made a huge fashion faux pas. Although apparently socks apparently. and um, socks and sliders are all all the rage now, so I was ahead of the That's curve. Ahead yeah. of the time. <laughs> Speaking of, um, um when it comes to guitars, like um, you're, you're playing a Music
0: Man right now? Is it the Albert uh, Lee?
2: I play, I play Music Man guitars mainly. Yeah, I've got um, uh, four different ones. I've got the Albert Lee. I have uh, one of the older Lukes with the EMG pickups. The Luke 2? Uh,
1: yeah, Luke 2, yeah. I've got one of those too. I love that uh, guitar. It's a little bit of a V neck in it. Like uh, I love
2: the neck. The neck is the best thing about it. Oh, it's
1: fantastic.
2: I, the, re- the reason I, I fell in love with a Luke because I played a, a friend of mine's at a gig. I got asked up to play. And he had a Luke and I, I, it was the first time I'd ever held someone else's guitar and went, yes, I could, yeah. I could, I could live with this. <laughs> Whereas every time someone hands me their guitar and asks me to play a song, I'm like, yeah, the setup's funny and there are knobs yeah, in yeah. the wrong place or whatever. Well, I played the Luke, I was like, true, oh, I need me one of these. So I got the Luke 2, then I got the, the, uh, the L3 when that came out because I was mm. like, well, what could be better than one Luke but two? So, uh, right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I got the L3. That was my, that's been my main guitar for a lot for about five years now. I love that guitar. It's a solid rosewood neck. It's one of the early L3s. Uh and then I have my, my first Music Man that I ever got was back in ninety nine. It's an Axis
1: sport. And oh it's, yeah. one re-
2: it's one of the really old ones. It's the Ash Body with uh, No Flame Top, uh Maple Neck. Um, actually it's here No the gig bag, hang on.
1: Sure yeah, there. those are great guitars.
2: Uh, yeah, this this was the, my first kind of dip my toe into the music man world. So I know I know the people on the podcast aren't gonna appreciate this, but you guys might enjoy it. So it's a really old Axis sport. Uh which has had a lot of play over the years and all the finish was cracked, so I got it all taken off. So it's just an oiled stain. Oh, now. that's
1: that's a great idea.
2: Yeah, the, the lacquer the lacquer was all beat up and cracked and so it looked terrible. So I was like I sent it to a luthier uh down in uh Manapier guitars down in Wexford and he stripped all the, the varnish off. And just give it a nice stain and, and an oil finish. So, yeah, the four music Man guitars are kind of the main, the main ones that I use. I got you know I've got other things that that I'll use for various things. Like uh, if I'm doing a recording session, I'll bring a telly or bring a yeah. I've, a, I've, I've an Ibanez uh, semi hollow. That's you know like a three three five type of thing. So I'll bring that or, uh, and I like I don't know Dylan were you at that last guitar night in in December? I missed the last one. I was gigging. Okay. But. Yeah. Yeah, and I was—I think I used my J custom on that one because I was doing some of the Steve Vai and the Satriani kind of stuff. So I wanted that slightly, slightly shreddier thing. Nice. Uh, so that yeah. they're kind of the main, the main electrics that I would use.
0: Unreal. And when when it comes to are you like John and I and a lot of people who we've talked to on the podcast are pedal heads?
2: Would you be? Would you be more a pedal head? Or are you just happy? I I, well, I I am and I am. I love I love pedals. I love the idea. Here's the thing. I love the idea of pedals, <laughs> but the functionality of them. Yeah. I love I love how they look. They're colorful. You know, you can chop and change them in and out. But the problem is then, you know, you get what do I use on this gig? And then you have like, you end up with this gigantic pedal board of, you know, 25 pedals and you're like power supplies and, you know, yeah. and you're having trouble with one patch cable is bad and you don't know yeah. where it is because it's somewhere yeah. in the middle. So like for functionality, I, I prefer, I've, I've always kind of, um, I've always chose to use kind of multi effects units in a conjunction with real amps. Um, just for the, like I said, the functionality aspect, and and the thing is that I like I do a lot of wedding gigs and stuff, and um, gigs where you're doing a quick setup, and you want to just be able to take the lid off a case, plug it in, and know that your settings haven't been changed, or someone yeah. didn't bump the knobs on your pedal, and it's all you're gonna have to spend twenty minutes tweaking everything back the way it was. I like the yeah. fact you can just turn it on switch, and it's gonna sound like it did the night before. That's big for me. Um, so, I have a bunch of pedals. Like, I always, I'm always, pick, I, you know, out of curiosity, you'll buy one here, you'll just check one out, sell it on, or whatever, like, so. I keep a little small board of, se- of separates just for when, uh, just, to, actually, I did a gig last week where I used the separates. I just plugged into the front of a, of my, uh, of an amp and just did that. It was fine. Um, cool. An amp is what do you? Oh, amp, what, well, I have, like, my main rig, um, my main rig with Blue Moose That uh, will be the Mesa preamp, the formula preamp. Uh, oh, a 50-50 a power amp And uh, a pair of Mesa 112 cabs And then At home I normally keep an amp or two So I've got a, a Laney Lionheart head The 20 watt head uh, That's kind of an AC30-ish Kind of no. Matchless E Vibe of it And then I, I just got um I did have another Laney head uh, a, a GH50L It's kind of a plexi type Marshall On steroids type of thing But I saw that Because just wasn't getting the use. It was too too loud, too angry. But I just I picked up a, <laughs> I picked up a, one of the Hughes and Kettner Tube Meister 18 heads there last week. So I've been Oh yeah. I've been, mess, I've been messing around with that here at home. It sounds great. And it's super small which I'm, I'm digging a lot. So that might become my new kind of uh, when I get called last minute to do a gig and I need to just throw a few things in the car. I might I'll probably end up bringing that. That and the LT I'll be able to do everything I need to do. Great. Awesome. So <laughs> you've got a lot going on for, like you're doing all
0: these different tours and you're in a, a really busy, um, wedding band or covers band by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, do you, you still, <laughs> this is probably a, kind of a stupid question, but do you still practice or do
2: you just gig? Uh, I, I don't practice as much as I would like or should. Of that's, course. Right, that's, I think that's, that's, that's basically <laughs> the catchphrase. of Yeah. 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 I don't practice as much as I'd like or should. Yeah. That's kind of, should we have that on a t-shirt? Um, but, I tr- you know, I, I, I when you're gig- busy gigging all the time, you, you know, you, you'll end up sitting down with the guitar to learn some stuff. Or what, what happens to me is I'll sit down to learn a song and I'll spend maybe two minutes learning the song and I'll be, I'll be into the sort of second chorus and go, yeah, I know this now. And then I just start noodling. So my practice ends up being kind of like a, you know, distracted. Um, Your attention span. Yeah, yeah I'm, a t- I'm a typical guitar player, like no attention span at all. So I'll... Uh, <laughs> I'll end up just, yeah, mindlessly noodling over stuff. But I mean, if there's something I'm working on, like for the guitar nights, the guitar nights are great in that, you know, I know that's going to be, I'm going to be playing a gig to a room full of guitar players and I don't want to make an idiot of myself. So I end up spending quite a lot of time practicing those kind of tunes, you know, and just, you know, uh, beating myself up over one lick in one song or whatever. But... uh, (laughs) yeah i'll practice for that but i mean i i i did i kind of did all my serious like um technique practice and stuff like I, when you get when you're gigging as much as i am like i'm gigging kind of four or five nights every week you know i'll be doing 200 plus gigs a year your 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 technique is kind of it's not going to go away anytime soon you're you're gonna you're just going to maintain really like any practice is just going to be maybe maintain or tidy up things um the the things I want to work on now at, my, at the point I'm in in my life are more are, are phrasing things and you know melodic ideas and you know my, my my technique and my chops are kind of there I don't need to think about them too much anymore um, they're always kind of in the bag there if you want to pull them out but it's more about being tasteful and picking the right part for the right place in a song and that's that's more what I would focus any time I do have uh, on nowadays.
1: So, and, so that sounds yeah. a little bit more almost like uh working on the compositional elements and just kind of to- yeah i mean i again a uh, writing is something i would like to be doing more
2: often mm-hmm. as well but but compositional in this in the in the terms of you know if you're <clears throat> just improvising a solo essentially you're comprom- com- you know you're composing something on the spot yeah. and uh yeah to, to just have a, a broader sort of sense of melody and harmony and you know phrasing stuff and rhythmic ideas that that's what i kind of you know i don't i don't listen to shred guitar players as much as i used to or or uh you know big technique guys i'm i'm more interested in uh in just p- picking the right part for the you know the song playing in the, in the right place with the right sound um and the right feel you know that kind of thing is more important to me nowadays and i and and doing a gig like with that uh, with shane you know less is absolutely more and something like that you know you you could have this most Simple part, but you have got to play it in exactly the right place, with you know perfect time and and tone, and because there could be an intro of a song where the only thing being heard, and if you have the slightest squeak or you know bum note, you know it's just gonna be heard by everybody. That kind of thing really tightens up your your playing, even if it's very something very simple. We're playing just a D chord, but if you're the only thing being heard into a room of twelve hundred people, it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah tense enough. Yeah. I was talking intense. to Matteo, um he's the, the Matteo the keyboard player. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um i was talking to him about how he was finding that tour and he was saying there was one song that he did every night, just him and Shane. And he yeah. said it's really easy, but
2: it's terrifying just the Oh, it's abs- absolutely. That that is the that's the that's the difficult part of a gig like that. You're, you're working with click tracks. And you have to be so consistent. You've got to play, because if you play something out of the way or out out of the, what the singer is expecting, you might throw them off. And, and, and their job is to, to focus on the crowd and, and their performance. And your job is just to back them up and to, to make them, you know, to help them be the best they can be. And if you're going to do something that's maybe throw them off or, you know, and it might be perfectly musically, you know, um, acceptable, but if it's not what they're expecting or the, you know, in the in a place that they weren't expecting something, you could throw them off and just take them out of their zone, and that's not why you're there. So you gotta really just be consistent, um, and like you know, in time, in tune, all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's it's like he said to you. The parts are easy, but playing them is not. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah uh, absolutely. I learned um, a lot from that show for that reason. I, that's
0: great. I, so, I, this is a really stupid question as well. I'm full of the stupid questions today, but I work in customer service, so I get stupid questions all day. Is that why you've
2: got that wicked cool headset? Is it? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I, I'm a pilot. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um
0: so just I suppose one or two questions just to finish up um sure. what advice would you do you, I don't know if you teach but if you had to teach sport, I have you, gone
2: on and off over the years uh it's the kind of thing where my schedule's so sporadic it's hard to kind of keep regular lessons with people so I just kind of stopped doing it I do the odd thing with people here and there like if some if, if someone I kind of know goes look would you would you maybe give give me a lesson and I go yeah I'll do something with you every couple of weeks maybe but it won't be like we're going to do seven o'clock every Thursday for the next hundred years. You know, I can't do that. I just, my my schedule is too all over the place. Sweet. But I was, what what I'm, the reason
0: I asked was if you had to advise someone of, you know, who's been playing a few years and, you know, I think people, one thing that comes up a lot in our our conversations on the pod is that people kind of hit a bit of a wall or they hit a bit of a rut. And I was wondering, what, what advice would you give to someone that's basically going through that with the guitar?
2: Yeah, well, um, and I'm sure you've gotten this answer from anybody else. Listen to something other than what you're used to listening to. Just like, I had a big turning point, geez, probably 10 years ago where I got into country. And yeah. I, I had always written off country as just, you know, I, I didn't like it. My dad listened to it when I was a kid and I didn't want anything to do with it. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, uh, I discovered like a guy like Brad Paisley. And yeah. I was, I had the same exact feeling hearing Brad, Brad Paisley play as I did when I heard Steve Vai or Van Halen for the first time I listened to his playing and going I have no idea what he's doing yeah, I that's not, cannot yeah. wrap my head around what this man is playing I need to figure some of this out for myself so that, that that kind of thing can be can be really good like just take a total left turn from what you normally do listen to something outside of your your standard you know uh, library of, of music um, the other thing is if you've hit a wall take a break like yeah taking a week or two off playing can be great for you because I've like, or, or, or even just take a week away from playing the same stuff that you normally play. Mm-hmm. Cause you come back, you come back and you'll pick it up. And all of a sudden you you might play something that you never played before. And you were like, Oh, that was really cool. I didn't work on that. It, it just, it just happened. And it's nice that if you give yourself the opportunity for those things to happen, as opposed to like beating yourself up, practicing there all the time and kind of going, you know music is 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 about creating and about emotion and it's not about just hammering out scales all the time which i yeah. done yeah but um it's not it's nice to sort of give, your, give yourself a break you know it's like don't be so hard on yourself uh li- listen to something else do something else go for a run or you know go for <laughs> get out you know go surfing. i i like to surf so like just do something outside of it and then maybe when you pick up the guitar the next time something Knew will happen, and you weren't you weren't forcing it, and then you could work on that. Then, if you know, if it's like, oh, well, I, I've never done that before. Let me figure out what I did or how I did it. Um, cool. Make that less of a chore. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because music should never be a chore. It's supposed to be fun. If it, I mean, if it wasn't fun, we we wouldn't do it. Because um, it's cer- cause it's certainly not going to make us millionaires anytime soon. So <laughs> that's uh, the second catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I suppose we just, we've got you for a few more minutes. So um, I just have one question. Um, just about the, what do you think of, I mean, I was talking to John and I was saying what really, what really kind of attracted me to the way you kind of play guitar is you're kind of, you're a, a speed freak kind of shred head sort of guy when it comes to like, I don't know, just seeing your, you did a Van Halen medley and, you know, yeah, yeah. like we we were in Cork when we first started the pod and like jazz is really big there. And. Sure trad as well and it was kind of refreshing just to you know to talk to an irish player that's really into that kind of you know yeah um, well I definitely
2: was into it for a lot of years yeah that's um, where you get like your
0: shops, though right
2: yeah but that's it it's 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 that's kind of that's my base you know that's my home territory yeah. when it like because i spent so many years just you know going over paul gilbert licks and um you know trying to learn john Petrucci solos and stuff like that like that, that's definitely what I cut my teeth playing. I, I, I was a, I was, you know, into into metal, and uh, I was just really, you know, uh, something spoke to me about anything that was kind of virtue virtuos virtuostic. Is that the word? virtuosic uh, <laughs> virtu- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like you know, when when I heard Ingvar Amstein or or Satriani or Vi or any of those guys, I was just like, wow, this is. It's it just it seemed to me like that's. Now, obviously, as I get older, I realize no, that's not that's not the pinnacle of guitar playing. Is to be able to do things, <laughs> you know. I I now uh, you know appreciate nuance and things like that so much more. But when I was 16 years old, you like to see Steve White playing for the love of God was just like, ah, oh, this yeah. this is it. This is this is the you know this is the absolute top of of what there is you can do on a guitar. So it, it was very inspiring time for me when I listened to all, when I listened to all that stuff. So I still, it's it kind of. It makes me feel good and young to just blaze on the guitar um, every now and again, you know. Um, like when I, I don't, I don't necessarily get to do a lot of it live or, or on record or anything like that. But when I'm sitting here at home and I'm just working, playing around and having fun, it just makes me feel good to, to yeah. play that kind of stuff. You know, I enjoy it. So, uh, That's great. yeah. And- just just leading on from that i mean when it comes to the um
0: to the irish kind of guitar scene what do you think of the current scene just to, to
2: wrap this up like with them um, i think the current... i think it's 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 absolutely terrifying at how many amazing players are coming up like it's great guys it? it's crazy uh and i suppose you gotta you gotta thank youtube for that hugely yeah. because you know when i was taking guitar lessons back 20 years ago 20 years ago more um it was more than 20 years ago. Jesus. Oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you had to go and find a teacher and they showed you stuff and uh, my teacher luckily had a, a VHS library of like uh, starlick videos and stuff and he was able to <laughs> loan me them um, or or um, or like, uh, you know, give me a, a CD or a tape of, you know, a Satriani album or something worse. Whereas nowadays that entire catalog of, of everything musical in the whole world is, is available at people's fingertips. If they want to go on YouTube or so I think that is a big big part of it. Like it's just easier to find out about players and techniques and learn stuff. And also then music school music colleges seem to be have a big yeah. thing. Hmm. Uh like the likes of BIM and uh uh what's the other one in Dublin? Right. Um yeah, New Park and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, this this ferocious players coming out of those places, you know. Um just with chops to burn and, and great knowledge of he- theory and, and harmony and stuff and it's so I, I see the future being quite bright Um, you know there's young players that I've gone to see the likes you know Jake Kerr and you know I'm sure you know about Jake um, Ty Gahey yeah. I don't know if you know Ty, mm. Ty. like these guys are f- I don't know Ty oh do you not oh you, you gotta check him out um, I can't remember the name of his band he played he played one of the guitar the Guitar Nights recently he's a young guy from Drada amazing player and a great writer. He's writing really, really cool music with his band. Um But well, like these guys, it's—I don't want to say they had a—they have a leg up, but they just seem to be developing. They don't know, man. Like they weren't there. <laughs> uh, kind of. <laughs> I know, but it just—it just seems like their their progressions are so fast nowadays. It's like they, they're—you know—it's sixteen, seventeen years old. These guys are just monster players already, and then they go to music college and they just keep getting better and better. So, I uh, it's great to see. Um, I just. Uh, I hope it continues that way and I hope they don't all end up playing in wedding bands, you know so. <laughs> because for a lot <laughs> for, well, for the longest time that's kind of the only, you know, avenue of employment for a, a working musician in this country weddings so, and like, country, wait, man weddings and country, that's exactly what I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> or teach or teaching, you know or teaching, yeah yeah, well, yeah. so yeah, hopefully these guys are going to be able to find some new ways to, to make a living at it and uh, yeah country Keep country's
0: doing
2: the worst one of those by far. Yeah. <laughs> um, Job's a job. Job is a job.
0: There you go.
2: Uh, Phil, we'll <laughs> leave it with that. Uh, Philip, thanks so much. Where can people find you uh, on the uh, social? I've got my website, which is www.philipjoycemusic.com. And there's, uh, there's That's one L,
1: not two L's.
2: One L, correct, John. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> one L, not two L's. Uh, that makes it very long. philipjoycemusic.com, one L, not two L's. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm on Fa- I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Philip Joyce musician. Um, YouTube, YouTube well. I think my YouTube is Philip Joyce musician as well, or Philip Joyce. I'm sure if you Google me, you'll find me eventually. Um, yeah, and I got links to all of my various social media stuff up on my website as well. So brilliant! Uh, if anyone wants to find anything out there, they should be able to get a hold of me somehow. Unreal well, and, so and I, and, Yeah and I, I I haunt I haunt Guitarist Ireland A little bit From time to time <laughs>
0: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, We all Like a little
2: bit Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wean yourself off A little bit Excellent um, Phil thanks so much uh, Not at all guys Thanks so much for having Real me Real pleasure great, great to right have time. you on the show Appreciate yeah, it I, uh, Enjoy the album tonight uh, I will I can't wait Yeah it's going to be awesome Joe Dart is Is going to be there So I'm really looking forward To seeing him um, Yeah so king. keep Keep up the good work I'm loving the podcast I I'm, I'm can't wait to hear You know what you got coming up and stuff, so I'm gonna keep listening <laughs> Us too. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, class, Phil. Have a great
0: night. Right.
1: Thanks, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Take Bye. care. All All right. right.
0: That was our interview with Philip Joyce. John, uh, any any takeaways?
1: Yeah. First off, thanks again for coming on the show, Philip. Really enjoyed having you. Super nice guy. And uh, as I mentioned, you guys kind of you get carried away a little bit with the Irishisms. So. Maybe if if need be, leave a comment and we'll provide a lexicon for you guys. When yeah, uh, I made you a chart, John. I made you a chart. <laughs> and, anyway, yeah, I but you know, yeah, about, I, yeah, I I really liked his it just the kind of stay busy approach that that he's just he's always working on something and and just trying to keep his his chops up. I I enjoy just kind of talking gear with him too and what he's been playing and, and working on. So, but anyway. That's, that's not necessarily great earth shattering takeaways on my part, but I appreciate it.
0: And no, I think the attitude as well, the attitude mindset approach was, was really Mm -hmm. good. He works hard and you know, he, he has totally earned all the respect that, you know, people give him. I I, I, think,
1: I think that's a big part of it. It's just, um, and that's one of the things I really respect about him is just, he's found a way to make it work and it's, it is a hustle. I, I think, A lot of people sort of pick up the guitar and expect, hey, someday I'm going to be able to do X, Y, and Z just by playing guitar. And if you're not putting your nose to the grindstone and hustling that down, then, you know, like, don't expect it. And I think he's a good example of someone who is really, who's made a go of it and, and has done really well. It's very admirable. I yeah, I look up to him in that respect. So
0: I agree. And I, I think his, his approach to like, you know, you don't need that many pedals, maybe get a multi effects. Uh, I was like, yeah. really? <laughs> really? Um that was kind of earth shaking for me, but I, I yeah, I thought it was yeah. really good.
1: Rousing endorsement for line six there for the Helix. So I like I have yet to really play through one, so Line6, you know, You should go. really have a look at his demo online, his
0: his YouTube, Phillip's YouTube demo, it's great.
1: Yeah, and, and I've I've got a couple of friends that play him, so, but uh, I think Line6 needs to send us each one so we can try it out. I agree, Line6, yeah. we know you're listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, John, it comes to that time of the week where I ask you what have you been working on?
1: Okay, so what have I been working on? Uh, let's see if i can divorce this from what i've been pl- or what i've been the listening two can to. overlap it's it's going to have to it's going to have to so i had a again like great thing about teaching is sometimes you get people coming in with stuff that you wouldn't necessarily expect so i had a student come in and was like i want to work on a polyphia song and i was like oh gosh so there's no I don't I don't know how to put it. I've been listening so consequently I've been listening to Polyphia. But there's no great way I, I don't know to describe it. Polyphia gets a lot of hate, partly because they're super they they basically look like a boy or they used to. Not so much now with the new album, but they used to look basically like a boy band and their videos yeah. were kind of boy bandish. It was sort of like a cross between a boy band and a white snake video. Like there's always some scantily clad woman writhing around, but there are you know, they look super trendy and boy bandy and yeah their their melodies are super catchy and kind of sugary even and which is something weird to say about instrumental guitar music but that's um yeah. nevertheless they've grown their
0: hair long now yeah
1: yeah um
0: yeah <laughs> so but like, they're they're they're
1: uh I, I just I got some tabs so <laughs> I'll, I'll just say uh, like a true teacher yeah exactly I just downloaded some tabs and handed them out and then said okay work on these which also means I need to work on it because it's not easy stuff to play straight away some of the some of the melodies you can pick up a little bit quicker but to be honest like mm-hmm. you got to sit with it a little bit and plus they've got the cool thing is they've got those harmonies so it gives you an opportunity as a teacher to kind of talk about harmonies. Like, let's talk about thirds. Let's talk about fifths. Let's talk about octaves. How do you see him on the guitar? How do you know what to play? You know, and this particular student also is also working on writing his own stuff. So it's kind of cool to help him like, all right, let's break down a song, see how these guys are using scales to create melodies and go from there. So that's, and as far as polyphia goes, like, I will say they're absolutely remarkable guitar players. Absolutely. And great stuff. And it's amazing what they do and the stuff they've come out just recently um for for this new album that they're starting to release is it's better it's it's above what they have done in the past so it's definitely worth a listen and it'll melt your face so there you go speaking cool. of shred guitar so anyway know. now what since I did both in one go I'm going to expect that you sort of do something similar okay but anyway, well take take your pick what do you want to start with <laughs> well I'll, I'll start
0: with what I've been working on um so I took advantage of uh, Jim little's uh, recent sale on his horses and I got his um his Brad Paisley hack uh, oh. which uh, is so cool because it starts off with Jim like with his sewer and his camper and he's like doing all these like he does basically like kind of, not a medley but you know uh an exhibition piece of all these different licks that you're about to learn. And then he's like, But you probably don't have a sir and a camper. So then he breaks down all the the licks with like a three hundred dollar um telly and a, one of those tabletop for like forty dollar marshalls, you know the Oh wow, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just like just this is just to show that you do not need that good gear to work on technique. And I was like, that is such a great way to start an instructional oh, video. I love it.
1: Yeah. That's so, perfect
0: yeah it's great i think it's maybe an hour hour 15 in in length it's basically about 20 videos kind of broken down into five minute segments and then it has the tabs and notation underneath and it is great because i can just i can break it like i've got 10 minutes left on my work break i can just like learn learn something there and to to be honest i've just been like going over everything like before i you know try to learn something new i try to go through everything that I've learned by memory and it's just fun. Like one of the licks is basically just nervous breakdown and it's just like, Oh, Uh. finally um so yeah i've been and it's also there's little things that you wouldn't get from tabs like you know what exactly he's doing with the pick you know mm-hmm. what is hybrid and what isn't stuff that you know you wouldn't pick up just from re- reading notation you're trying to pick it out by ear which is really right. really helpful i will definitely be getting another uh gym little pack so that's basically what i've been spending most of my time on also um trying to work out uh so i've got the cage system but i'm trying to work it out in terms of like major sevenths. so uh like major seven chord shapes so that's what kind oh of what yeah Yeah, which is new um, for me because I know like major seven in like three positions. So I'm now trying to just like expand my chordal vocabulary. And what have I been listening to? Did you hear Toto covering Weezer? Yes. What in the world? (laughs) So this is like the internet gone insane. Uh, So I think... Like somebody asked Weezer to cover Toto cover Africa, and they did. And then like someone's like, "Well, now Toto's gonna have to cover Weezer." I'm like, "This is great! It's ridiculous." Uh, <laughs> so uh, not that I've been listening to that, but I just wanted to check if 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 you have uh, if you have seen that. What have I been listening to? I'm going to check my Spotify. Um, oh, I don't know if i said this to you last week but uh yeah tom i did say about the the real good shit playlist that yes. was great and uh i've basically kind of been going through a few um just kind of like old favorites uh vasudeva as well which yeah. are awesome which i really really like uh spoiler alert for a future interview yeah and uh, just kind of going back to some good singer songwriter stuff like uh, rufus wainwright as well who i've been really digging so yeah that's basically been me kind of all over the shop but what else is new
1: there you go. Well, friends, I think that's that's about us for today. Hope you enjoyed yeah. the show. Be sure to like, subscribe, click. Do leave us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app because that definitely helps us out, drives up the listenership anyway. So, Absolutely. All right. We'll love you people, all beautiful people, beautiful guitar-playing nerds, every one of us. God bless us <laughs>
0: um yes, friends, we will see you next week. We've got some big stuff in store. Uh, thanks again to Philip Joyce for appearing, and uh yeah, see you soon. Stay sharp